It's Tuesday, May 16th, 2017. I'm Charles Sharetta, and this is Sid. We're on chapter 42 of the Tao Te Ching. Today I'm going to read from Dwight Goddard's translation. He gives titles to his chapters, and this one he titles The Transformation of Tao. Here it is. Tao produces unity. Unity produces duality. Duality produces trinity. Trinity produces all things. All things bear the negative principle, yin, and embrace the positive principle, yang. Immaterial vitality, the third principle, qi, makes them harmonious. Those things which are detested by the common people, namely to be called orphans, inferiors, and unworthies, are the very things kings and lords take for titles. There's some things which it is a gain to lose and a loss to gain. I am teaching the same things which are taught by others. But the strong and aggressive ones do not obtain a natural death i.e. self-confident teachers do not succeed. I alone expound the basis of the doctrine of the Tao. All right, let's sit for 10 minutes, shall we? Nice and upright, breath from the belly. Remember that you can't fuck this up. Let's begin.
Where are you right now? Where were you? And now where are you? Are you in this moment? so much to be aware of it's going on right now just as we sit here there's so much to be aware of and in that vast awareness there's also an opportunity for focused attention. So just focus your attention on your breath. Focus your attention on your breath without eliminating anything that's part of that vast experience of now. Now I'm going to invite you to see if you can detect some aspect of your experience that, that you wish were different right now. Something about what's happening right now that's bringing you discomfort or um, that you just wish were 
different from how it is. See if now you can focus your attention on that, whatever it is. Maybe it's a pain in your body. Maybe it's an emotion. See if you can focus on that and just allow it to be as it is. Just bring your awareness to that thing that you dislike going on in your experience right now. And as you're focused on it, just bring compassion to yourself and to it. Just let it be and see if you can have compassion. Keep breathing from the belly and see see if there's any change now in that thing that you dislike going on in your experience. And if not, just keep bringing it compassion. See if you can feel the compassion coming from your own heart. for that difficulty or pain or unpleasantness, whatever it is. And keep breathing.
This morning I went for a run. And while I was running, I, I began thinking about money. Money's been on my mind uh, lately. Money's been on my mind because I would like to have more of it. It's a common problem, isn't it? Common desire. And so I, as I was thinking about money, I was also thinking about work. The nature of work and what we describe as useful work. And I was thinking about how for myself, I have a pattern of believing that the only work that's actually legitimate, I'm not saying that I intellectually believe this, but um, somewhere deep inside of me, I've been conditioned to believe this, that the only legitimate work is work that earns money. And I certainly know that if I believe something like this, then there are plenty of other people out there who believe something like this. And they may not even realize that they believe it because that's the nature of these beliefs. And another uh, frequent recent meditation of mine has been on the nature of money and how money in a system like the system that we have promotes ecological destruction it promotes concentration of wealth. It promotes the exploitation of people and, and nature. And so it also stands to reason that most of what goes on for money then is destructive. Now, you may be very adamantly opposed to that idea. You might have a lot of examples for me of why I am incorrect why money is a force for good in your opinion rather than a destructive force i don't want to say an evil force that's not really accurate in the way that i'm thinking about this it's not that it's it's not that it's evil because that implies some sort of um, it ascribes intent let's put it that way and it's not my intention here to ascribe intent. Rather, all that I'm saying is that it destroys. It destroys. And, um, and so you may disagree. And if you do disagree, I would invite you to, uh, to meditate for a bit about where we are as a species in a planet right now. Where are we? What does our future hold? You know, I've, I've, um, I've suggested thinking about um, doing this sort of future thinking exercise in the past, and I'm going to suggest it again now. Imagine what things will be like on Earth in 10 years, 100 years, 1,000 years, 10,000, 100,000, and a million and then realize that even when you get up to the million-year point, you're talking about just a blip, just a little point in the total history of the Earth. And even in the total history of life on planet Earth, a million years is just a blip. 
it's a difficult exercise for us, you know, with our 80 plus year lifespan or plus or minus. Um, we just don't think in these terms. And yet, if you can attempt to think in these terms, then you're giving yourself the chance to see how unusual what we're doing right now is. And that, in fact, it is destructive and that, it, you know, it can't last. It can't continue like this. So work. How does this relate to work? You know, this, this conditioning that all work must earn money or otherwise it's not legitimate work leads in myself to a feeling of inadequacy for doing those things which, which I might be called to do but then which don't provide income you know and we have a word for those frequently or we we used to i don't know if people talk about this so much anymore but we call them hobbies you know if somebody worked in a factory all his life but was really passionate about something else then what he was passionate about we called a hobby which sort of diminishes it lessens it when we meditate, we have an opportunity to look at those pieces of ourselves that are conditioned responsive and to, and to really give ourselves the chance to stop, to, to, to pause, to separate ourselves from that conditioned response, even if only for those 10 or 20 minutes that we're sitting and say, wait a second, I am not that conditioned response. I'm more than that. I'm, that is just something that was planted in my brain or in my being when I was five or six or seven or 10 years old. And I have more choices than just to automatically abide by those rules that I didn't choose to abide by, that I didn't choose to plant in myself. Whatever those beliefs are, you know, whether it's the only legitimate work is work for money or whether it's um, fathers are always the authorities and, you know, all this kind of bullshit. Whatever it is that's stuck in your being, more than just your brain, but sort of in your emotional makeup as well, you get the opportunity to explore that when you're sitting. And the more that you sit, the more that you get the opportunity to explore that when you're not sitting too. Then the freer you become as you do that, and the more that you get to be who you really want to and deserve to be, and the less you become just a product of this fucking culture. All right, let's reread chapter 42 which Goddard calls the transformation of Tao. Tao produces unity. Unity produces duality. Duality produces trinity. Trinity produces all things. I'm reminded of the, the Christian religious trinity when I see trinity here. And the duality, I'm reminded of that 
that negative judgment that we have about the duality that we all experience. You know, that duality that, that, that is the analysis of ourselves. The ghost in the machine, the, the little man behind our eyes. The monkey brain that causes us to jump back and forth between past and future thinking and not be in the present moment, which is, you know, sort of the, the, the holy grail of unity. You know, it's the Eckhart Tolle version of, of unity that we're just always in the present moment and we're, we're just jacked with being present. And, you know, this little sentence right here is sort of telling us, well, you know, shit, man, Tao gives rise to all of it. In other words, it's all part of the way. Continuing here, all things bear the negative principle yin and embrace the positive principle yang. Negative and positive, they're in it all. Yeah. Immaterial vitality, the third principle, chi, makes them harmonious. However you want to think about chi is that life force, vitality, energy that runs through all things, that which unites all these disunities. You just think of it that way. All these disunities are united. And you don't even need to believe in chi to understand that all of this is part of some greater whole, which is the universe that we occupy, which extends far beyond our own comprehension. Right. Whatever we can see or perceive is just a fraction of what's here. It may not even be an accurate representation of it. That's part of the mystery, too. All right, continuing. Those things which are detested by the common people, namely to be called orphans, inferiors, and unworthies, are the very things kings and lords take for titles. There's some things which it is a gain to lose and a loss to gain. I'm reminded of some of Jesus's um, statements, which I'm only going to be able to paraphrase, but those who are last will be first. The meek shall inherit the earth. And, you know, a lot of times I'm of the mind that those are completely misinterpreted. Just as this little passage right here in the Tao will probably mostly be misinterpreted. There are some things which it is a gain to lose and a loss to gain. Orphans, inferiors, unworthies. What things are a gain to lose? and a loss to gain. What if you lose your preconceived ideas about how things should be, for example? Or what if you gain those as prejudices about how things should be? In the absence of all those preconceived notions, you could be going through life with what the Buddhists call beginner's mind. And finally here, I am teaching the same things which are taught by others. But the strong and aggressive ones do not obtain a natural death, i.e. self-confident teachers do not succeed. 
I alone expound the basis of the doctrine of the Tao. I kind of get the sense that there's a double entendre to this last verse here. There's this literal meaning of <clears throat> the strong and aggressive do not die naturally. But then the, the other meaning, the, the deeper meaning is that Lao Tzu is saying, you know, there are lots of people who are teaching this, but those who are teaching it aggressively never really get their point across. And I alone, meaning Lao Tzu or, or this, this style of teaching, embodies the Tao as it teaches it. You know, it's kind of like if you seek to bring about peace by acts of violence, how the fuck are you going to succeed doing that? So it's only through peace that you can bring about peace. But, but the action of that is like water wearing on rock, you know? Like we can't really perceive it. It seems like it's never going to wear down the rock, not in our lifetimes anyway. When are people ever going to change? We're running out of time, right? We're destroying the planet. When are people ever going to learn? Yeah. Impatience. That's something that I possess in spades. I've got a lot of impatience, no question. Wanting things to be different. But the strong and aggressive ones don't obtain a natural death. <laughs> you know, whatever your true work is, I hope that you can surmount whatever judgments you also have about it. If you do have judgments about it. Whatever your calling is, whatever speaks to you in your heart, I hope you can keep having the courage to do that, to embody it, to act on that. Because that which others judge to be meek or weak or um, inferior and unworthy may be the most important aspect of you. It may be the peace of you that allows you to achieve that elusive unity. It may be your true work. So please keep giving yourself the, the mental space through meditation or, or whatever other practices you utilize to, to recognize what's truly you and what are just plants, you know, what was sort of dropped in by somebody else as a type of virus and doesn't need to be there, but requires persistence and diligence on your part, vigilance, let's say, to, um, to let go of it. Let's stop there. As always, thank you for sitting with me. Have a great day.